Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Yeah, y'all sound pretty good. And, and let's just own that some of us, it may have been a little more of a struggle to get up today than previous size Sunday mornings this fall, but you are here, whether you're joining us online or in person. Last week, we took a couple of days off and went with our son um, with a school to a band competition in Indianapolis. And as we were driving back last week, I got to go to both services on the phone as we traveled back home. And so very grateful, whatever has brought you to us, whether you are traveling or this is the best way for you to connect with a community of faith, we are so glad that you are with us and glad that everyone is here. Now let's talk a little bit about what, what's coming up. So we throw this word around called Advent. And some of us grew up in church and we're like, I know what that is. It's like comfort food. And then some folks maybe grew up in church and your tradition didn't do Advent or Lent. And you're like, that's that word again. I don't know what it means. So Advent is a, it's part of the church calendar, not just our church, but church, the global church, and the church for generations. Actually, the new year starts for the church next week. The first Sunday of Advent, actually, is the, the first Sunday of the new year with the church. And what we do is Advent, or the, it's the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And what it actually means is preparation and wait. Now, let's be honest. Our culture doesn't wait very well. In fact, one of my pet peeves is when I'm in a store in July and the pumpkins are already out. And I want to go, can we just not get till September? We'll get way ahead. And I just want to encourage us, suggest, invite us to all be intentional as we lead up to Christmas. That we are intentional in what we do. And as Haley mentioned, we have multiple ways to support you in being intentional. We've got our daily reading plans. It's six days a week of scripture reading, Monday through Saturday. And a new plan starts tomorrow. You can get that at concordianata.org slash Christmas. All this is available on that. Or if, if you're like me and I need a hard copy sometimes, we have those available. And the, the readings go along with the sermons that are being preached each week. It's all connected. Our devotionals, you can sign up to get our devotionals or our podcast. We, um, we also are gonna open the chapel um, a couple of times during the week um, that you'll have time to come in for prayer. Check that schedule out. We're reading a book in some of our groups or you can individually get the book at the Information Center um, or it's available digitally. It's called Incarnation by Adam Hamilton. If you don't wanna be part of a group and you wanna do it individually or ask someone to join you, 
You're like, I've got this friend. I'd really like to walk through an Advent study or a Bible study. Um, Take the time to journey together because society is going to tell us to go hard and fast over the next couple of weeks. And we are the only people who are in charge of our time and how we spend it. And so I prayerfully encourage us to gear back and say, I'm going to take some time over the next weeks. And it's going to look like we don't have time Uh, And you can find it. If just 15 minutes to spend each day um, focused on what we do is we prepare for the birth of Jesus, but we also prepare for the return of Jesus. That is also good news as well. But we start Thanksgiving, we start the holidays with Thanksgiving. And some of us cannot wait. So think in your mind, what are some of the smells that come with Thanksgiving? For me, like this afternoon, I'll make the Chex Mix. Only make it at at Thanksgiving time. That smell, not the the kind that comes out of the bag, you know, homemade. Um, or, Or the cornbread dressing. Like those are some of the smells of the holidays. Now the truth is, for some of us, this week is going to be hard. It's the first Thanksgiving without that empty chair. Our traditions are changing. They may be different. Our kids may be different ages. And we're, we're having Thanksgiving on Sunday or Tuesday, and that's not Thanksgiving. And that's not fair. And I'm having to share them with other people. And what's up with that? Well, the holidays, it's complicated. It's complex. And there's the and in the holidays too, that it can be two things at one time. In 1789, President George Washington said that we needed to take a day and we needed to give thanks. We need to be intentional in giving thanks. In 1863, President Lincoln, think about that, 1863, third year of the Civil War, said we need to take a day. We need to pray for those who've been lost and for their families. We need to be in prayer and we need to give thanks. In 1870, Thanksgiving became a national holiday. And in 1939, President Franklin Roosevelt, remember what was going on during that time. Our country was in the midst of a Great Depression. And when Thanksgiving was being celebrated was the fourth Thursday of November. And President Roosevelt said, we need to have it the third. The third. Because we need to extend the shopping season. He would be so proud (laughs) if he could see how far we have come. He had no idea. (laughs) This is going to be a shocker, but folks were not excited about the fact that he had changed when Thanksgiving was supposed to be. Have you ever known those people you change and they can't believe it? It's always been this way. And they even called Thanksgiving in 1939, they even called it Franksgiving after President Franklin Roosevelt. He relinquished and in 1941, Thanksgiving officially became the third or the fourth Thursday of November. And we've been celebrating it that way ever since. But yet, what we know is that Thanksgiving is more than a national holiday for us. 
It's far more than that. Because giving thanks to God is a part of who we are as followers of Jesus, as Christians, as those who believe in God. It goes all the way back to the Old Testament. Leviticus, offering up thanks to God. In the New Testament, Jesus, when he feeds the 4,000 and the 5,000 with very little, what does he do? He gives thanks. He gives thanks to God. And when we take communion and we talk about the night in which Jesus was betrayed, that he took the bread and he what? Gave thanks. Jesus modeled giving thanks. It's part of us. It didn't just start in the 1700s as a country. It is a part of who we are as believers and followers. Giving thanks. Giving thanks to God. There's a story, of course there's a story, there's a story in the Bible that I'm gonna read that is an incredible model about what it, it means to give thanks to be grateful. It's in Luke 17, begins with the 11th verse. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this model of what being grateful means. And we give you thanks. You know what needs to be said. You know what needs to be heard, Lord. Speak through me, to me, and despite of me. In your holy name, amen. I read this story recently, it's, it was in an article, and it was like one of those stories where you're like, is this even real? Because it's like I've already seen the movie. But there was this guy, Ray Larson, who lived in a small town and he got around through a wheelchair. That's how he got in and around town, did his errands. One day, he was crossing the train tracks and his wheelchair got stuck got stuck on the train tracks. The next thing that happened was almost like, I'm like, of course that happened. This is like, what would happen in a movie? The gates went down and the lights started, I started to say, the lights made sound, lights don't make sound. Lights make, they look a certain way. But the train was coming, he was stuck and he tried. He tried to get himself loose. Don and Mark were close by and they came and they saved him. They helped him. They removed him, got the wheelchair unstuck just before the train came by. When Ray was asked about the experience, he talked about all he could do was give thanks because those guys had saved him. 
He understood what it's like to be saved. There were 10 lepers, and for lepers, I want you to think about what is, what is someone who we see as an outsider? Who is someone that we think of as those people? Lepers were those people during Jesus' time. They had a skin disease that made them unclean and untouchable, and so that's why they were at a distance. And they asked for mercy from Jesus. And Jesus said, go to the priest, because that would have been the Jewish tradition, to go to the priest to be cleansed. And all 10 of them had to do that. And all of a sudden, the one realizes he's been healed. He saw. You see, gratitude begins with awareness. Just like Ray was aware that he couldn't save himself. Just as the leper realized he was healed. Gratitude begins with seeing differently. With seeing through eyes that understand that see in a different way. You see that leper who saw that he had been healed, he didn't keep going to the priest, though that is what Jesus told the, uh, them to do. He turned around. You see, he knew he couldn't save himself. He knew that he hadn't healed himself, that it had taken Jesus to heal him. And through seeing differently, it changed everything for him. It changed everything for him. The text says that he turned around, like he changed his direction because he realized, because of gratitude. And he went back to Jesus. The scripture says he praised God, he fell at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And then there's this part that actually the author of Luke would have, for those during the time, this, this would have been a curveball. He was a Samaritan. So take those people that you thought about, those outsiders, and some of us are those outsiders, right? We know it. But take that, and then that you came from the wrong part of town. That's what that one leper, like he didn't fit the role, yet he saw do you need a new way of seeing? Do you need to see through the lens of gratitude? Because that's where it begins, is that we see the subtle and the obvious things that elude us when our focus is elsewhere. One of the things that we find in the midst of gratitude, at the foundation of gratitude, is grace. You see that leper? He, know, he, he knew he had not earned. He had not earned his healing. Because that's what grace is. The guys ask for mercy. Mercy is, I don't get what I deserve. Grace is, I get more than I deserve. And so when we begin to view life through the lens of gratitude, it is through grace. It is through seeing that really, I haven't earned all this. Yes, we work hard, that is true. 
One of the things I learned several years ago was to make a gratitude list. And a friend shared with me about making an ABC gratitude list. It's you take the alphabet and you start with A and you go to Z and you come up with a word, a person, something with each letter and you give thanks. It's a gratitude list. Let's practice with A. Think of something that you are grateful for that starts with the letter A. B. C. My problem is I get to X and I say xylophone. Because do you remember, I don't know when y'all were in school, but when we were learning our alphabet, it's xylophone and what is Z? Zebra, you see, you went to the same schools as I did, or at least I did the same curriculum. But one of the things that I realize when I do that is when I look at that list, majority of that stuff, I didn't do anything to earn it. M, mountains. I didn't create them. I just get to be in them. When I think about the people in my life, the names that come up with letters, the people in my life, like I haven't earned the right to be a mom. Like I'm human like the rest of us. I fell as a mom, but by golly, I am so grateful that I get to be one. You see, gratitude is seeing differently and it is seeing through that lens of grace that we do not earn. We're not entitled. When we begin to have that perspective, things change. One of the things that the leper did is when he turned and he praised God, he fell at the feet of Jesus. He fell at the feet of Jesus. It's a position of surrender because the, the position of gratitude is surrender. Because one of the things that we do when we surrender in gratitude is that we acknowledge who has authority over our lives. God has authority over our lives. That's what we hope. I hope that's what we hope. But what we know is other things begin to have authority over our lives. Our desire to achieve, our desire for our kids to achieve, our fears related to our illnesses and our loved ones' illnesses, those begin to drive us. Those begin to have focus over our lives, our losses. Yet that's all true, that's all real. It isn't that those things aren't going on. It is that who has authority over our lives is God. And we relinquish, we surrender. And like, that's really good news. That's not bad news. That is really good news. Because I don't know about y'all, when I'm in charge, it doesn't really always go well. But gosh, in God's hands, when's the last time you fell to your knees at the feet of Jesus and gave thanks? Even in the midst of all that is going on, to be able to see with eyes of grace that Jesus, that our God is our authority 
one of the important things about gratitude is that it's not simply something we do. It's not just simply about a gratitude list, that it's a part of who we are, that it is a way of being. Have you ever seen someone and they're just great and you're like, what is going on with them? And like, it's like, what is it? It's a way of being. It's not just about the gratitude list, but you gotta start there. Now, I was raised to say please and thank you and yes, ma'am and yes, sir and all those good things. And we raised our son to do that. In fact, if I use yes, ma'am or no, ma'am or yes, sir, or no, sir now, it is truly out of, of respect. It was how I was raised. But those are good manners. Haven't you ever been in that person? Say thank you, thank you. Like that's good manners and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But gratitude is so much more than simply having good manners. It's a way of seeing through grace and who has authority over our lives. When I first entered the recovery community, I was 24 years of age and I thought my life was over. How was I gonna have fun? I had no idea what life was gonna be like without the burden of alcohol. Yet one of the things that I learned in those early days was about gratitude. And I wanna say that if you had asked me what is gratitude, I could have kind of told you, but I don't think I would have done a very efficient job. I was not happy to be there. In fact, I was a little resentful. In fact, I've been told I was just flat out angry. And so I called and complained to a mentor of mine how my life was a disaster. And she said, so have you done your gratitude list today? And I'm like, no. And she said, all right, did you have, did you have a place, did you wake up, do you have a place to live? Yeah. I had a little bit of an attitude. <laughs> and then she, I probably still have one. Um, and then she said, you got a job? Yes. You got food to eat? Yes. And that's how I learned to start with gratitude. I had to start somewhere. I had to start somewhere with practice and gratitude. But what happens when we begin to see the world like the leper saw the world? Like how the leper saw what Jesus had done in his life. How he was unable to save himself, but through God he was saved, he was redeemed, he was healed. When we begin to see the world through the lens of grace and through surrender, then that gratitude list becomes a way of being. It becomes a way of seeing. Others, ourselves, our circumstances. And this isn't out of guilt. This is out of freedom and grace and how much we are loved by God. So as you gather this week at those tables that include empty chairs and good food, no matter what day it's on, or whether it's really different this year. May like the leper, we see, we turn, we praise God, 
We fall at Jesus' feet and we give thanks because we are a people of gratitude. Let us pray. Oh Lord, there will be lots of noise over the past and the upcoming weeks. Lots of things that will vie for our time, lots of demands. Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit out upon each person gathered in this room and who have joined us online. And Lord, may we seek you in the weeks to come in intentional ways through your word, through community, through prayer. And Lord, may we take time to see. See about the goodness of you in our lives. May we see the grace that you continue to give us about how we are yours. May we surrender and give you authority over our lives. And may we move from gratitude being something that we do to it being a part of who we are as your beloved sons and daughters. Into your hands may your will, not our will be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.